Hi, I'm Heather Knight, and this is the Surviving to Thriving podcast. One in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. We're going to discuss the taboo topic of domestic violence and the tools our thrivers have used to succeed in life. We want you to know that you are not alone in this fight. Please keep listening if you or anyone you know has been impacted by domestic violence. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, Night Protection Services, for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause. Hey guys, how are you doing today? I am here with Amy Carlson. She has an online community called The Toxin Free Lifestyle and is also the host and founder of the podcast, The Toxin Terminator. We're definitely going to get into that and how she can help our listeners and you guys have a better lifestyle in, in releasing the toxins from your life, not just food wise, but everything around. So we're definitely going to get into that. Um, she's an Amazon bestselling author. And so she's not, she was a contributor right to the book. Yes. And um, so we're going to get into that as well. She has owned several different Jiffy Lube franchises, and that's what she did for a long time. Um, just recently ended that to get into the podcasting world. And she also is going to share her own personal story of surviving to thriving, which I'm really excited to get into because it's going to be a great value add to you guys and to anybody out there that struggles with the same things and how you are now killing it and doing amazing things. So <laughs> let's, um, I guess, let's start with business. How you got into the, let's do Jiffy Lube first and and get that out of the way and get to the good stuff. <laughs> sure, absolutely. So first of all, thanks for having me on. I'm really honored to be a guest on your show and um, bring some value to your listeners. So thank you for that. I got, it was a family business. My dad started our franchises back in 1978. In fact, when we started the Quick Lube business, Jiffy Lube wasn't even around yet, but they came around in 1979. And so we converted and purchased franchises for that. And I started working for him just out of college, always with the intent that I was going to become the accountant. That was what my degree was going to be mm -hmm. in, into college. And I didn't graduate college, by the way, but that's another story. And one thing led to another. We needed help up in the Des Moines area. Uh, he moved me up there. I became a manager of stores. Then I became a district manager, just kind of worked my way up until I purchased the company um, 15, well, 15 plus years ago now. And that's how <laughs> that all came into light. It was crazy times. Yeah. And you did that for, I think we, we talked and it was 40 years, you said? We owned the franchises for 40 years. So 1978, we started and I just sold them all in um, end of September of this year. Wow. So <laughs> it's Big like, move and, oh, right? the end of an era. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're like, what do I do now? Podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not, we're not quite ready to retire. So, you know, yeah. we get to do our passion now. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was work before and lots of sacrifices, lots of um, lessons learned um, for sure. Lots of trials and tribulations going through that. I'm sure your guests can, or your listeners can understand, you know, I was a woman in a man's world. You were a police officer for crying out loud. And I started in the 1980s and, and this was not, there were a lot of people that, that didn't want that. And right. it was really a struggle 
many times. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I definitely understand being in a man's world for sure. It, <laughs> it can be, um, trying, but you know, the best come out on top. So <laughs> absolutely. You know, it, it all depends on how, how you're going to take that and what you're going to do with it. And that's, that's the way we have to look at life too. You know, we're not promised an easy life by any stretch of the imagination that we're going to have trials and tribulations. It's what do we do with them? Exactly. You know, how do we take them and mold ourselves into a better person? How do we take those challenges and learn something from it and grow? Definitely. So I, I definitely want to take our listeners on your journey. So do you mind if we start with your story first so then and then we jump into the toxin free lifestyle and how you just grew and and changed it and got over or got through your story of surviving so if sure you want to get into that absolutely where do you want to start (laughs) the beginning (laughs) you know wherever how did you end up in the situation that you were in what is what is the situation that you were in and how did you um move through it and get and move forward Sure. So, um, do you want me to start all the way back to like being a child and, and what I went through there? Is that what you want me to get into now, Heather? If that's, if you are comfortable with sure, going absolutely. all the way back. Yeah. So in the matter of about three to four years, I lost many very influential people in my life. So I lost my grandfather on my dad's side first in 1974, well, I'm going to age myself here. So let's, (laughs) let's talk. I was eight years old when that happened. And then two years later, I lost my mom. And then uh, not even a year later after that, I lost my grandmother, my mom's mom. And so in a, in a time, a short, very short time frame, I had my world turned upside down. What was normal and what was good in life all of a sudden was not there. Our, our family just, um, we grew up, my grandfather was a minister. We grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. And after mom passed away, we stopped going to church. We stopped going to my mom's family. We, you know, we didn't do family functions and that was, that was our life. You know, that's yeah. how we were. And So, and then my dad remarried, not even a year later, I think, you know, as an adult, I can look back and say, he didn't know what the heck to do. He had three kids and he was lost. He was absolutely lost. Um, But what I, I realized was that I didn't know, well, let me back up because it's important to understand the way our family dynamic worked. My mom passed away on a Sunday. We went to school Monday. We got out of school on Wednesday to go to the funeral and then went back to school on Thursday. It was, it just, we didn't talk about it. It was was no grieving period. Yeah. Here's what happened. But now go back, go out into everyday life and just pretend like everything is normal. Yeah. And so I, because it never got discussed, I didn't know what to do with all of those emotions. I didn't know what to do with my grief. I didn't know. I didn't have a way to process that. So as I got older, I turned to alcohol and drugs. And that became a very excellent numbing agent. Um, You know, when we don't like our reality, alcohol and drugs can kind of take us out of that reality, right? In the beginning. And then, you know, what happens is later on in time, it stops taking us out of reality for me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what happened was when I was under the influence, my, everything was even more real. It wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't able to escape. I was feeling the emotions even more intensely. Um, my high school years were awful. <laughs> it's awful in terms of, you know, running around with the wrong crowd. I was a straight A student, um, cheerleader, athlete, to went to the point where I barely graduated. I fortunately, as a junior in high school, I had enough credits to graduate. But as a senior in high school, we went off the deep end. I ended up getting pregnant, um, had my son at the age of 19. I just turned 19 when I gave birth to him. So life was not what I desired it to be. I, you know, I, I thought I was going to go to college and do all the things that we think that we're going to be able to do. You know, we run off to college with our friends, our high school friends, and here I've got this baby and I've got to make different choices for myself. And so, um, he was about a year old when I decided, or I didn't decide my family actually started all getting sober. Uh, it was my brother first and then my sister, then my dad, um, you know, and then myself and I had gone through a family. I don't even know what you call it. It's like an eight week program that you go through because your family member has gone through treatment. This is back in the days where you were in the hospital for 30 days going through treatment. And I couldn't honor the what do you call it? The contract to not use any mood altering substances while you're going through this program. (laughs) And then they called me out, they caught me on it. Mm -hmm. And so I landed in the hospital and um, went through treatment. It took me 45 days to get through a 30 day treatment program because I'm a little bullheaded. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, that was the start of really digging into who am I? Mm-hmm. You know, who am I? I'm not, you know, uh, a, t- a you know, teen mom. I'm, you know, I am a teen mom, but that doesn't define me. I, I needed to know what my emotions were to deal with all of the stuff that happened in my life and become a better person. And And so that's what I did. And trust me, it was so hard. Heather, when I first got sober, I was 20 years old. Yeah. And you know, that was life was partying, going to the bars, all that stuff. And, you know, here I'm a mom and I should be a mom. And now I'm diving into being a mom. And I'm like, I don't like going for walks. I don't like taking them to the park. I don't like going to the library. I want to be single and free and do all all of that stuff. And I I had to learn all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when all, all of your other friends are, are getting to do exactly what you wanted to do with your life, I can de- imagine that it would just be hard to watch everybody else. It, it was. And, and um, I don't regret anything that I went through. I don't regret any, mis- any choices that I made because they've made me into the person I'm in. You know, it was, I think it was becoming pregnant. That was the first time in my life where I had a choice. It was my choice of what to do with my life and what, you know, was going forward. And I, even though the road was hard, it was, it's not easy being a single mom. And I was a single mom the entire time raising him, but 
I would not take that choice back for anything because I grew and learned to dig in deep. Heather, the first place I had on my own was this little efficiency I can't even call it an apartment. It was a room. It was yeah. an old motel changed into, and there were cockroaches that fell down out of the ceiling, but it was all I could afford. Right. You know, it. Oh, I look back on life and think, oh, golly, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it makes you who you are today, especially, you know, like that, that gives you that, that strength and that stability to be like, I went through all of this and it got you and it, you made it all the way here. Right? right. So what, what got you here? What, what was that? I, you said getting pregnant was the thing that kind of shaped it a little bit um, it and did, started it, it, but was it, there, it were there any steps that you took to get? It, well, it did because from there, when I made the decision that I was going to have this child that, that was the turning point of no matter what, no matter what, you don't give up. You don't, you know, just put your head in the sand and, and give up. So that really was the catalyst to be able to survive and thrive going on through my life. That no matter what, if I just keep putting one foot in front of the other, it will get better. It always does. It may not seem like it. It may not feel like it. I may not know how in the heck it's going to unfold, right. but I knew I just didn't give up. I just had to get up every morning, do the right thing, put one foot in front of the other, and eventually it was going to get better. Um, so key for our listeners and the people that we bring into our organization because they feel like this is the end of their life, you know, their, their life just flipped upside down as they mm -hmm. leave their abusive, at least, at least, even though they were being abused, at least they knew they were being abused, right? Oh, yeah. They knew the cycle. They knew what was coming. They, they knew everything. And now all of a sudden they don't know anything. They don't yeah. know where they're going, where they're staying, where they're eating, what, where their next meal is coming from. And so it's just key. I think that that piece of advice is just key. Just said it's one step. It's just the look at the baby steps. Yep. The fear of the unknown keeps us in horrible situations, absolutely horrible situations. And I, you know, today I'm a very Christian woman and I grew up a very Christian person, but in the middle, I was not. I felt like God had left me. I felt like he was punishing me, you know, somehow, some way. And so I didn't even have that strength to fall back on. But you know, that fear of the unknown, we have to put ourselves and understand that there is much bigger than us. We are only a teeny little itty bitty part of the story. And we have to trust that someone is guiding this somehow, some way, and that we just, again, we just do our part. So I think even though I didn't go to church and I didn't pray on a daily basis, I think that knowledge that I was part of a minute story was somehow keeping me moving forward and just knowing that, that you can't turn back. You just can't turn back. Yeah. So you talked about how you're the last person in your family to get sober. Is that right? So did they completely on their sobriety journey kind of cast you away and say, well, you're still in this lifestyle. I don't 
want to be associated with that or were they supportive through the entire situation? Did you have somebody, you know, leading you through the, this path? Was there like one person that you kind of contribute to getting you sober? Okay. So, um, it's a double edged sword. We all kind of got sober within about a two year time frame. Um, you know, my family members, when I got pregnant with my son, I was cast out. I, I could live at home and I could have a roof over my head, but that was it. I had to, uh, I started off going to college. I had to pay for my own college. I had to pay for our own food. I had to pay for a babysitter. My mom was not going to watch my son, you know, so in that aspect, I was on my own in, in a way, you know, other than having shelter over me, which is huge. I, and I get that. Um, when, when I decided to get sober, I wasn't outcast. Um, in fact, my drinking, um, most of my family didn't even know how much I was drinking and using. They thought I still had it together. Wow. Um, you know, so I was hiding it pretty well because I didn't, I didn't drink every day. I only drank on the weekends and partied hard. I mean, hard. But, and then I, and I worked, I had two jobs during the week. So I worked and then, you know, cut loose on the weekend. So the, they, they didn't see that because I lived out in the cockroach infested apartment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you had, you still had family support and you still had people helping you, you per se. You still I did. had and, that. Yeah. And my brother, um, was a huge, um, part of my life. Um, he has passed away now, but we, we really got very, very close. We were close all growing up after mom died. We were very, very close. Um, and through just life, he has been my biggest supporter, my biggest advocate and, and I to him, we worked together in the family business so there was a really strong, strong bond in that relationship with him. And he, he was kind of my guiding source where, you know, it was somebody I could bounce things off of and know that he was giving me good advice and helping me when I felt like I was ready to crumble. Yeah. It, I think it's just every person that we've interviewed or that we have on the show has always had that key person in their life that has, mm -hmm. you know, so it's kind of giving that wisdom to our listeners, like find someone you need, you, you, you can't do it alone. You have to have a support system. You have to have somebody that can guide you when you get lost and you feel like yes. you need to turn back to whatever you were dealing with before. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's so important that that person not be judgmental. You know, that was one of the things I felt with my brother is no matter what choices I was making in my life, he never judged me. He loved me and accepted me for exactly where I was at that given moment. And that's really key to have because sometimes we need that swift kick in the ass. We need that tough love, right? But sometimes we just need somebody to say, you know what? I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Sometimes you have to be that person to somebody else as well. Um, and you have to kind of bounce back and forth and give that love back to somebody else after you've been given that love. You can't do that until you learn to love yourself that way. You know, I, and here's the, here, I mean, we'll jump way ahead in the story, but you know, I'm plus 50 now. And truly, 
it wasn't until I was in my 40s that I really accepted who I was. This is all of me, good, bad, indifferent. Um, this is who I am. And, and truly until you get to that point with yourself, I, maybe I was in my late 30s, but it's, you can't give that unconditional love to somebody else if you haven't experienced that inside yourself first. Yeah, you, know, you really need to get to that point first. Exactly. Um, I wanted to, you touched on the fact that you didn't graduate high or not high school, college. And mm. I think that it's so, and even Travis talks about this. Um, if you guys don't know Travis Chapel, go find him. But um, he talks about how there's this huge pressure on everybody to go to college and that, you know, you won't have a life, you won't make it if you don't go to college and and or the flip side where you have all these entrepreneurs that are like, well, I never went to college. I sucked at school. So, you know, mm -hmm. school, you shouldn't go to school. Don't go to school. So just kind of what was your experience in, you know, going to college, then not finishing college and then trying to find jobs or I know you went to the family business. Did you try to find jobs before that or? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so I went to college until I had my son. You know, I, I was pregnant right out of high school. I started college the summer right after graduating high school. So all through the pregnancy before I had him, even probably that first semester after having him, I did okay. But not being pregnant, I could go back to drinking and using again. So then drinking and using in school just don't combine themselves very well together at all. And so I ended up dropping out and getting a job. When you're uneducated now, and I'll get into that in just a moment, you know, basically I could find minimum wage jobs. I didn't have a skill set. I didn't have anything that provided value to an employer. So I had to find, you know, something that I could work at. Well, I, uh, I want to say I worked at Mutual of Omaha, an insurance company being a file clerk, you know, is what I did in the beginning. I ended up getting fired from that job. I went to work for a... Um, and that was because I drank. I, you know, like we'd, we'd go out for lunch and a bunch of us would get drunk and you know, they're like, well, it's not okay. Right. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what do you mean it's not okay? Everybody um, else is doing it. <laughs> God, uh, you know, the end, of, I mean, I giggled now and it's not really funny. It's, it's really not that the, the whole section we got, we got all fired at the same time because it was a bad situation, yeah. but. Um, but then I went to work for an ad agency, which was a friend of the family's and did that for a while. And then, and then I finally came to work for the, the family. So, um, my take on school is it's not for everybody. And I, I believe, you know, like my son, you know, he put himself, well, I, we paid for most of it, but golly jeepers, you could go 60,000 plus in debt going through school. And unless you're going to get a specific trade, meaning you're going to be a doctor, you're going to, you know, something like that. I don't think it's worth spending that kind of money and starting your adult life in that kind of debt, right? Just to have a degree that Probably 80% of the people who graduate college do not use their degree. They don't. 
Right. I didn't have it. I had a strong entrepreneurial spirit that I got from my father and learned that business. And thankfully, we had a family business. But had I not had that, I would have got in with a company where I could work myself up, you know, and just keep improving and getting better and better. Um, eventually, who knows where that would have led. But I just know I wouldn't have stayed at the bottom. I know that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. For sure. So fast forward to today, um, you wrote, you said a chapter in a book that was a uh, best-selling book on Amazon. Um, yes. So do you want to go into that a little bit? What's it about? Where can our listeners find it? Is it still on Amazon? That kind of stuff. You bet. It's, it's called um, Victorious Women. There we go. And it's a, it's a series called Overcoming Mediocrity. And so Christy Ruffino is the publisher of this series. And she just collects uh, several women who have a story of overcoming mediocrity. And my story really focuses in on mindset. And I really dig into how even in my 30s, I felt almost like an imposter that here I am, I'm running a successful business. I own a successful business, yet inside of me, I don't feel good enough. I didn't feel um, worthy of doing what I, I do. Now, mind you, I'm the kind of person that I am going to stare fear in its face and I do things whether it scares me or not. So a lot, it, my my chapter really talks about not judging a book by its cover. And it goes into talking about we're comparing what, what we feel like inside to how somebody's projecting themselves outside. So I can give you all the authority in the world and the confidence in the world, but I wasn't always feeling that way inside of myself. And, and so I was feeling insecure and not worthy of and not deserving of but yet not necessarily portraying that, right? Right. So I, I started really digging into mindset and learning how the, the tapes that we play inside of our head, the messages that we give ourselves is what we're going to create outside. It, it truly is. So not feeling worthy, I was sabotaging things. I sabotaged relationships. I sabotaged um, different work things that were going on. There's a lot of self-sabotaging going on because I didn't feel like I deserved it. Does that right. make sense? Yes. Yeah, definitely. So, yep. So the book just really dives into kind of what I, what I did and learning about mindset and learning how powerful the words that we speak. Think about this. Here's a, here's a good visual is you go to a movie theater these are actors on a screen in front of us, right? We know it's not real. But how many times have you laughed? Have you cried? Have you, you know, uh, jerked in, in fear from a movie? Right. Right. Because our mind doesn't differentiate between what is real and what is not. So what are you going to tell yourself? You know, if you're telling yourself, I don't deserve... XYZ, if you're telling yourself, I'm not good enough, then you won't be good enough and you won't deserve it. So you have to change the messages that you're telling yourself and things like will, try, um, want, need. These are words that you need to take out of your vocabulary because they're not serving you. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I think that that's a great message, just not even for somebody who's been through um, any experience or trauma or tough situation. It's for anybody who is living because we all go through that time where you're insecure. I can name hundreds of 25 to 30 year olds that have no clue what they're doing with their life. Like you said, they have a degree that they have no clue how to use. They don't Mm -hmm. want to do that anymore. Their life has changed and now they feel like they're not worthy because they just spent upwards of 60 grand on a degree that they can't use or don't want to use. And then they go through this cycle of what do I do with my life? And, and they go backwards in life really. Um, Yes. And it, it's just so key mindset. Zach and I talk about mindset all the time because it's just so key to have and to change. And uh, I think a lot of our listeners and clients that we bring into the organization haven't done that yet and don't know that they can. A lot of people yeah. don't think that they can change their mindset. Well, and I was always told, here's the other thing too. You'll hear from a lot of mindset coaches and people with mindset that, you know, our words have meaning and, and they're powerful. And that is true. It, but sometimes I believe personally myself that you know, there are certain circumstances that are going to help happen in our lives. And it's okay to allow yourself to wallow. It is okay to you know, allow yourself to feel the feelings and, and get there, but don't stay there. Don't, you know, allow yourself to go wherever you need to go, but then get yourself out of it. If you stay there, you're pissing, you know, you've got one foot in yesterday, one foot in tomorrow and you're pissing on today. So let's not stay there. You know, get your, get out of, you know, get out of whatever you need to get out of and whatever means that you use to get out of there. I use journaling and prayer that really helps me huge writing, get it out of the head and down on paper and then release it. Yeah. Release it. Yeah. So we're definitely getting into um, how to get toxins out of your life. So let's jump forward again. And <laughs> so I would, which came first, the community that you built online or the podcast? Oh, golly jeepers. Cause they're happening kind of coinciding. I actually got into a network marketing company mm-hmm. and started creating a, a, a community online around that because it was all about a toxin-free lifestyle, but the podcast really catapulted it. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Oh yeah, for sure. That's how, I mean, that's the whole reason we started this, this podcast was to catapult the, the nonprofit and, you know, just get that community started and then launch it. So I definitely understand exactly what you're saying. (laughs) So how did you build this community and how did you, where where did the passion come from for a toxin-free lifestyle and what is a toxin, what is a toxin-free lifestyle? Oh, great question. So, you know, a toxin is anything that doesn't serve us good. You know, it doesn't do good for our body through our our mind. So when we think of toxins, we can think about environmental toxins. We can think about emotional toxins. You could have toxic thoughts. You could have toxic relationships. You have toxic people in your life. I am most passionate about the environmental toxin, but specifically within our, our home. So because that's my story. That's what I got into this, you know, Seven years ago, if you talk to me about toxins, I'm like, okay, so I worked in the automotive field and I know that used oil is bad. 
for us. And I know that window washer fluid has propylene glycol in it, and that's bad for us. You know, I thought of those as hazards and toxins. I didn't think about shampoo, lotions, you know, those type of things. And I had a lot of health issues going on for myself with headaches and migraines and and menopause and, you know, lots of different things going that I didn't relate to what was in my home and that it was actually poisoning myself and making me sick. And so when I learned about this by going into the network marketing company, I was able, I've been six years, I haven't had a headache or a migraine. Just, I don't get them because I remove fragrance from my house. That was my culprit. So we just start learning about different things that can actually make a difference in our health. That definitely makes sense. So I guess your health would have been your, your reason for learning about the different toxins and how they affect people. I did. And I, I had no, I never would have correlated the two because I'd been to doctors. I'd been to neurologist. I had done all kinds of things. And of course the, the medical world wants to just give you a pill so that we can put a bandaid on a symptom and that doesn't get to the root cause of it. So, and their pills didn't work, you know, and I was told that it was in my head. I was told it was just stress. I, you know, I was told all kinds of things, but when I addressed the root cause, which was stuff that I had in my house was poisoning me, then I could make a difference in my overall health. And I had no idea that these two made, a, you know, that they were interconnected. And that's why I do what I do, because I want to spread that message so other people who are suffering can make the correlation and maybe make a change in their life and have better health as well. Yeah. Who, um, who made that correlation for you? Is there somebody that, did you listen to something or how did you figure that out versus just going to doctors and doctors? I, yeah, I, I fell into this quite by accident. So I had somebody that kept inviting me to one of those classes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I know what it is. I don't want to go. And, you know, finally, after a year, I said, all right, Tina, if I come, will you leave me alone? <laughs> you know? And I had, again, had no idea. I went to the class and it was all on essential oils, right? So, you know, she's t- they were taking these bottles and they're passing them around. And quite honestly, I thought they stunk. I really did. I was like, who would want to use this stuff? Right. This, this is nasty. <laughs> I was like, God. And everything that she was talking about really wasn't something that meant anything to me. But one of the big things, and I didn't realize my headaches were even abnormal, right? I thought everybody had them, right? Yeah. So after the class, I said, you know what? I, I have really bad night sweats and I don't sleep through the night. You got something in your little magic box for that. And I was joking. And she's like, yeah, here. And she put some stuff on my forum. She's like, call me tomorrow and let me know, you know, how you sleep. I slept for the first time all the way through the night and I did not wake up in a pile of sweat. And I called her the next day and I'm like, I don't know what that is, but sign me up because I want it. You know, I wasn't sleeping and I didn't know if my mental frame of mind was because I wasn't sleeping or my mental frame of mind was causing me not to sleep. I knew it you know, was one way, right. but that's how I fell into it. And then I just started learning more and more. I started using those stinky oils and <laughs> realizing that, Hey, 
they have some benefit and they're making a difference in my life. And then I just started sharing with people around me. And before you knew it, I've got this team of 300 people underneath me that their lives are changing, you know? So it's like, okay, this isn't a hoax. <laughs> right. Exactly. So how long has your podcast been going and what are you doing? What are you doing moving forward to keep that message going and, and spreading it around? Absolutely. So I started the podcast in August of this year. So it's relatively new. Um, we're super excited because in 2020, we're adding an additional section onto the podcast. So there'll be two episodes a week coming out. And I've created a Facebook community, a group called the Toxin Free Lifestyle. So people can interact with me. There can be some engagement with their, I come on and do a lot more value added pieces into the group. Yeah. And going forward, I've just keep getting more people who either have a modality that they can teach you that's going to make a difference in your lifestyle or somebody who's going to just share their personal story. And I think that just giving voice to the movement that you don't have to suffer in silence. You don't have to um, just put a Band-Aid on stuff. You can feel better. You can have more energy. You can sleep better. Um, I've got 12 grandkids. I am not going to be the grandma that's sitting in the rocking chair on the porch. Right. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> um, you know, so vitality, you, you don't have to age the way society says that we do, that you have to have your little pill bucket, right? And, and be taking all your pills every day. <laughs> right. Exactly. Without giving away too much of your, uh, your knowledge and your wisdom, what's something that maybe our listeners can start to do just like a basic, you know, do you go around the house and look at the back of your shampoo bottles and see, or what is in them or, or what's like something that, that our listeners can do to maybe jumpstart this, the lifestyle that you are emulating? Sure. I would say the first thing you need to take a look at is your water. So I give out in my website, my, um, I have the, my, my top seven toxins to avoid the, and you can get yourself started and it's too much to list, you know, right now, but number one is water. Number two is reading your labels. We read our food labels, right? We look at the sugar content, the fat content, the calories, turn your personal care products over and start reading them too. If you can't read it, it doesn't mean it's necessarily bad, but just Google, you know, dangers of and type it in and see, is this okay for me? Is it not okay? for me. There's free apps. Uh, one's called Think Dirty. You can download and you can just scan your personal care products and it'll give you a rating of zero to 10, 10 being very toxic, zero being safe for you. You can do that. Water is super important because not just the water that we're drinking, but what we're cleaning ourselves with, right? The shower water, because when we're in the shower, we're there for 15 minutes, we're heat, it's hot. So we're opening the pores up of the body. Our skin is the largest organ and we're just taking in all those chemicals. Water that's not filtered is full of fluoride and chlorine and heavy metals and pesticides. And we don't want that coming into our body, which gets absorbed through our skin. So I would say if you can't do a whole house water filtration system, there are uh, filters that you can put on your shower head. So start there and you'll notice a huge difference in your health and your energy. Awesome. Um, I'm like li listening, like <laughs> taking Zach's taking notes for me and <laughs> writing down all these different things that we can do. Um, 
So you have clearly been through some um, amazing, and by amazing, I don't, uh, good and bad, amazing things in your life that are just like, um, have made you who you are. And so I just, what is something that you can recommend to our listeners to help them get through a tough time or get through a tough situation that maybe helped you when you were going through? Mm-hmm. I would say two things. Number one is you've got to have a accountability person in your life and a person who is going to support and love you no matter what. So maybe those are two separate people that, you know, an accountability person is somebody who's going to keep your feet to the fire. They're going to call you out on your bad stuff. They're going to say, hey, 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 this is not what you said you were going to do. So, and, and maybe it's the same person. I don't know if we have to have them um, keeping us centered, keeping us focused, keeping us where we need to, to be. The yeah. second thing that has helped me through so many of my trials and tribulations is my relationship with God. And if you don't have a relationship with God, get down on your knees. What I had to do when I came back to God, you know, because I got him out of my life. And, and if it's not for you, it's not for you. So find something else, but something's bigger and better than yourself. But I just, I remember in treatment, laying in bed, just wondering how in the world did my life get where it, where it was. And I remember laying my head on my pillow and, and thinking of it as God's lap. And I just laid in his lap and just talked to him and just had conversations with him. And it was then that I got back to, you know, trusting more in him again. And that's what's kept me centered and grounded are those two things. Awesome. That's a great value add, I think. And it, everybody has said the same thing that I, cause these are um, questions that I ask everybody and they've all said the same thing. Find somebody to mm-hmm. keep you accountable, somebody to push you to the next level, to keep you grounded, to keep you moving on this path, because it is hard to do by yourself. And I feel like hard is an understatement, <laughs> you know? It, oh, absolutely. There, if I didn't have support in going through everything that I went through in my life, you know, it, it would be easy to hang it up. I, there was a time in my life early on when Nick was still very, very little, where I seriously thought about suicide. I really did. It, I did not see the light at the end of the tunnel. I couldn't see it. And, and you know, my sister was actually the one who was there for me during, you know, that time. But, um, you know, there... But for the grace of God and not having somebody in my life who loved me, I may not be here right now. So that's the importance of relationships is in, in there everywhere. You can find them in so many ways in support groups and, you know, there's lots of ways to get the, the help that you need, that support that you need, um, you know, and going through what we have to go through. Definitely. What is... Uh, a book, podcast, uh, quote, or anything that today, maybe we'll do back in when you were going through in your, in your 40s, when you're going through finally believing in yourself and believing that you could be something, and then now to keep you there, what are, what are books or podcasts or ebooks or quotes that you 
kind of hold to? Oh my gosh, there are, uh, oh God, <laughs> trying to look at my, um, there's been so many things. There have been so many conferences that I went to. One of the big things I think was, um, I, have you heard of the ULA guys? I have not. Okay, so there are a couple of chiropractic doctors that created this ULA is their word that they created. And it's, and it's, it's finding balance in seven different areas of our life it, through faith, friends, family, fun, fitness, finance, and field, meaning our work. So those are the seven different areas. And going through that workshop, because I did that like six, seven years ago now, that really made me think about it's not just improving here and improving there. You know, we live life like the circus guy who's got the big poles and the plates spinning around on them. Mm -hmm. And, and so you spin one, one, and then you go over to the other and spin and pretty soon this one's not spinning anymore. We have all these different areas of our life and it's finding the inner connection and the balance for all of them. I think that really was so helpful and try not to do it all. Just, you know, set out a goal you know, easy, accomplishable goal to start with that you can get that easy win, even if it's just making your bed every day, right? That's not a huge, anybody can do that. Just make your bed. It's I a can. win. <laughs> your brain recognizes that maybe it's, you know, I don't know what it is, but pick some simple win that your brain can say, hey, I won. And then it's going to feel on that. And then you set different goals and, and different things. So uh, the ULA book um, really was, and the ULA experience, they did, they used to do these ULA paloozas. Now they're just, you know, international speakers and go around uh, talking, but that's probably a big one for me. Yeah. I'm going to go look it up right now because I can't even make my bed. <laughs> Zach's <laughs> always like, can you just make the bed in the morning? I'm like, no, <laughs> I got to sleep longer. <laughs> I know. I used to, you know, before I got married, my husband and I married, you know, much, much later in life. And that was one thing because I, I didn't make the bed before he and I got together. I was like, I'm going to get in it again tonight anyway. Why right? do I have to make it? But it's a psych, it, it's psychological. Yeah, it definitely me. is. All right. Um, so what is, what are some ways that our listeners can find you, um, and connect with you? Sure. Um, so number one is my website, amycarlson.com and it's A-I-M-E-E -E Carlson, C-A-R-L-S-O-N. That's, you can connect with me in so many different ways through my website. You can listen to my podcast, The Toxin Terminator through there. Um, I've got the Toxin Free Lifestyle on Facebook. And those are kind of the more active places I am. I'm on Instagram, but I, me and social media, I tell you, <laughs> I'm, I'm still learning it. <laughs> I, I'm an old hat here, you know, but I'm, I'm on there as Amy Carlson six. You can find me, you know, on Instagram, but I would say the Facebook group or, or the website. And there's ways to chat with me if you want to. Um, I do free one-on-ones and, you know, so just feel free to go there. Awesome. Is there any last tidbits you want to give to our listeners? You know, uh, I want women to understand that 
I feel you. I know the pain that you are in right now. I know the fear. I know the uncertainty. I know what it feels like to be at that point where you don't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. And I, I just want you to hear me when I say I promise you. I promise that if you just put one foot in front of the other, you will get through it. It does get better. And it might be a better that you have no idea what that's going to look like. None. That's awesome. You are inspiring, Amy. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I can't wait till we connect again. Thank you. It was my honor. Thank you. If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2thrivingatl, T-O thriving ATL, or online at 2thriving.org.